We're starting at 11 now, going from the top. Yeah. All right, so. Uh, okay, so you'll read two, Alio. Okay, so I am on um, um, Vaikra chapter 6, verse 1. I mean, sorry. No, Vaikra is the, is the book. <laughs> 6, verse 1. Hashem spoke to Moshe, saying, Command Aharon and his sons, saying, This is a law of the burnt offering. It is the burnt offering that stays on the flame, on the altar, all night, until the morning. And the fire of the altar shall remain a flame on it. The Kohen shall don his fitted linen tunic, and he shall don linen breeches on his flesh. He shall separate the ash of what the fire consumed of the burnt offering on the altar, and place it next to the altar. He shall remove his garments and don other garments, and he shall remove the ash to the outside of the camp, to a pure place. The fire on the altar shall remain a flame on it. It shall not be extinguished, and, and the Kohen shall kindle wood upon it every morning. He shall prepare the burnt offering upon it, and shall cause the fats of the peace offerings to go up and smoke upon it. A permanent fire shall remain a flame on the altar. It shall not be extinguished. This is the law of the meal offering. The sons of Aharon shall bring it before Hashem to the front of the altar. He shall separate it, separate from it with his three fingers full, some of the fine flour of the meal offering, and some of its oil, and all the frankincense that is on the meal offering. And he shall cause them to go up in smoke on the altar for a satisfying aroma, its memorial portion unto Hashem. Aharon and his sons shall eat what is left of it, it shall be eaten unleavened in a holy place, in the courtyard of the tent of meeting. They shall eat it. It shall not be baked leavened. It shall not be baked leavened. I have presented it as their share for my fire offerings. It is most holy, like the sin offering and like the guilt offering. Every male of the children of Aaron shall eat it, an eternal portion for, their gener for your generations, from the fire offerings of Hashem. Whatever touches them shall be holy. I'm going to skip one reader. No, I'm going to read one. Okay. God spoke to Moshe saying, This is the offering that Aaron and his descendants must bring. Bring from the day that any, any one of them is anointed as high priest. It shall consist of one-tenth ephah, 
of wheat meal, and it shall be a daily meal offering with one half offered in the morning and one half in the evening. It shall be prepared with olive oil on a flat pan after being boiled and baked. It is then to be presented as an offering of many wafers of bread and appeasing fragrance to God. It is a law for all time that the anointed priest among Aharon's descendants shall prepare it. It must be completely burned. Similarly, every meal offering brought by a, by a priest must, com must be completely burned and not eaten. God spoke to Moshe, telling him to relate the, the following message to Aaron and his descendants. This is the law of the sin offering. The sin offering must be slaughtered before God in the same place that the burnt offering is slaughtered. It is holy, it is holy of holies. Any priest fit to offer it may eat it. It must be eaten in a holy place in the enclosure. Any priest fit to offer it may eat it. It must be eaten in a holy place in the enclosure around the communion tent. Any food touching the sin offering shall be sanctified. If its blood splashes on any garment, it must be washed off in a sanctified area. Any clay plot any clay pot in which it is cooked must be broken. However, it is cooked. However, if it is cooked in a copper pot, the pot may be purged and rinsed with water. Although it is holy of holies, any male priest may eat it. However, any sin offering whose blood is brought into the communion tent to make atonement in the sanctuary may not be eaten. It must be burned in fire. This is the law of the guilt offering which is holy of holies. The guilt offering must be slaughtered in the same place that the burnt offering is slaughtered, and its blood must be dashed on all sides of the altar. All the choice parts, such as the broad tail and the fat covering the stomachs, must be presented. The two kidneys and the fat on them along the flanks and the lobe over the liver near the kidneys must also be removed. The priests must burn all these as a guilt offering on the altar, a fire offering to God. All the male priests may eat the rest. It shall be eaten in a sanctified area, since it is holy of holies. The sin offering and the guilt offering have exactly the same laws insofar as they can be given to any priest fit to offer them. Similarly, any priest fit to sacrifice a person's burnt offering can share in the skin of the burnt offering after it is sacrificed. The unburnt portion of any meal offering which is baked in an oven, pan-fried, or deep-fried shall also be given to any priest fit to offer it. Similarly, any meal offering, whether mixed with oil or dry, shall belong equally to all of Aharon's descendants. Right. So, any comments? We need a mic because nobody can hear you over there. <laughs>
<clears throat> if that command were given today, would they would include microwave it or air fry? <laughs> Well, I just read the second volume. Do we have any? We have. Do you have comments? Yeah. Ezra has comments. One of the things, uh, Shalom. One of the things that we can uh, learn is that the uh, fire has to be always on. Can I be off? Okay. Which uh, in meaning of representing the divine presence at the uh, tabernacle. Uh, it also means that uh, Hashem is accepting the offerings that the people were, uh, were um, giving them. Um, in actually, right now, the uh, fire cannot be, there is no fire physically, but we can we cannot um, keep the fire on all the time, but spiritually we put uh, we can make that fire uh, to be kept alive. Okay, and we do that uh, through our prayers, Shahri, Mihar, B, in Shema after um, before we go to before we go to sleep. No, now. Because we have to remember that uh, the offerings uh, of animals, they were uh, changed, uh, like it says in uh, uh, yeah, uh, 14, uh, 2 or 3, depends on the, on the Torah that you're reading. And it says, take with you words and come, come back to uh, Elohim, and he will take the iniquity and accept the good and accept the offers of our lips. That's more or less what it says. What it says in Hosea's uh, fourteen or or true. Okay, so that's a way of keeping uh, the fire uh, alive. Okay, but then the uh, the uh, Torah uh, tell us about the uh, a a, um, a boat. Uh, what do you call it? a boat? Uh, something that you promise. Yeah. Because okay. uh, the vow. Uh, thank you. The uh, vow that is something that no nobody's asking the person to do, you know, it's just a simple way of, of uh, saying, okay, uh, uh, God, you've been good to me, so I'm going to do this. So this is something that particularly all of us can do. But the thing is that we have to make sure that we just don't don't say the word. Just so we can be heard, but our, uh, for uh, for our surroundings, you know, we gotta keep our, our our word, especially when it's something to do with something that offer uh, that we have offered uh, Hashem, because in reality He did not ask for it. He did something good, or you made a vow because you wanna uh, something in in a, a for you, not as a return, not as a payment. Because out of the uh, grace, you know, that God has, uh, Hashem got, got for us. Uh, and we have to be prompt to do that as soon as possible. It's like uh, when it says that the meat cannot be 
eating at the uh, third day. Well, it can, why cannot be eaten at the third day? Because at uh, those times, they don't, they don't have any uh, refrigeration like we had before. So it had to be eaten as soon as, uh, uh, as quickly as possible so it will not rotten. So that is the reason why it cannot be eaten at the third day. It might be good for the first and the second, but not the, not the, not the third. Now, how do, how do we apply to this, to the vows that we just made? means you have to do it right away. You know, it's not that after uh, God give you what you ask, uh, it's going to, okay, then you're going to forget about it because you already have something that you wanted, uh, even if you deserve it, okay? So it's something that you wanted. So uh, we have to keep our promise because if we don't keep our promise, then we are liars. And it's, it's like when a kid, your kid is not behaving, you say, okay, behave and I give you a candy. Well, if you don't give him the candy, what are you teaching? Yeah. You're teaching him to lie. And then he's not going to believe you uh, the second time. So, the, so it's the same thing with our father. You know, oh, yeah, 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 last time you promised this, but you didn't deliver. So why, why should I help? You know, why should I comply on what, on what you want? And it's not like a bribe. It's not like a bribe that... Uh, uh, that we heard in other uh, in Catholicism, where uh, yes, I give you this and uh, and I expect this because that came from a uh, from the uh, that was the way they used to deal with the with the uh, idols with the gods. You know, oh, I'll give you this, but then in return I want this. No, with God is different, you know. It's it's another it's another way of, of doing our operating. But we have to remember that keep our promise uh, to our God, to our uh, fellow brothers, to everybody. Because when we don't do that, when we don't keep our, then we're saying, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna put you in a, as an example. What what woman taught me uh, is, is is a lie, you know. Because we, each one of us is representing, I always, I, I think I said it, and I keep saying it because it has to stick into our, our mind. We represent not only myself, my brothers, okay, God, um, and, 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 and Yeshua. Because I cannot say I'm a, I'm a follower of Yeshua if I don't do what he says. If I don't do what uh, Hashem has told me, I mean, I don't recognize his authority. So we got to keep our promises. That's why, that's what I need to think. Thank you. Sam. I want to thank where Paul got the idea, present yourself as a living sacrifice unto God, holy and acceptable. The eternal fire on the altar shall not be extinguished. Um, I, I also wanted to add um, I wanted to add that there is a way to eat meat unrefrigerated after three days or a third day and on. And that's by um, preserving it in, in vinegar or by drying it, like making beef jerky, right? So um, I think they could have done that. And I believe that the way that, I mean, the reason why... Um, Hashem said, no, don't eat and on the third day, it, that it was prophetic. That was prophetic of, number one, Yeshua, 
because he, you know, died and he was raised on the third day. And also, um, I think it's in uh, Hosea, it talks about uh, after two days, he will revive us. And on the third day, he will restore us. So it's also prophetic of, you know, of us and our, our renewal, our, um, yeah. So there's the, the, the third, this, this number three, it's important throughout the Bible. There are other, other, other times when the third day is, is significant. Um, but I think those are, uh, two of the main ones. I just want to add, like, the, the I guess, practical part here is just they're talking about, you know, if a, it's kind of reverse, but it's like if, if a pot or a, if a clay pot gets some of this holy, um, has some of this holy offering in it, then it can't be used for anything else other than that holy offering. And so... Um, then they have to they have to break it or destroy it after that's done. So you know it's also you know we we learn at other lessons that if something um, unclean touches a clay pot, we have to destroy it too. So it's it's not even like whether it's unclean or whether it, you know only only if it's unclean. It's also if it's holy too. It can only be used for that specific thing. You know? And that's where we get a whole bunch of these all, all these laws for kosher in our kitchen and especially for Pesach. Coming up, you see all these, you know, you have to make, make things extra clean, you know, um, and that's where um, where the rabbis get all their laws for for kashering. Not, not all, but a lot of them, just, just from this section. Okay, Rafi. Ya'amud Raphael, Yeah, no, no blessing, just. Zavach, <laughs> Belulot Bashemen Urki Kematsot Meshukim Bashamen Bashamen Besolet Murbechet Halot Belulot Bashamen Al Halot Lechem Hamet Yakriv Karbano Al Zevach to Dashelamai. This is the law of the peace offering that is sacrificed to God. If it is offered as a thanksgiving offering, then it must be presented along with unleavened loaves mixed with oil, flat matzahs saturated with oil, and loaves made of boiled flour mixed with oil. The sacrifice shall also be presented along with loaves of leavened bread. All these shall be presented with one's thanksgiving peace offering. He shall present some of each of the above four bread offerings as an elevated gift to God. 
This shall belong to the peace who sprinkles the blood of the peace offering. The flesh of the thanksgiving peace offering must be eaten in on the day it is offered. None of it may be left over until morning. However, if one sacrifice offering is, is meant merely to fulfill a general vow or a specific pledge, he shall eat it on the same day that he offers the sacrifice. But what is left over may also be eaten on the next day. Nevertheless, what is left over from the sacrifice's flesh on the third day must be burned in fire. If the person bringing the offering even plans to eat it on the third day, the sacrifice will not be accepted. It is considered putrid, putrid and it will not be counted in his favor. Any person who eats it will bear his guilt. Any sacrificial flesh that comes in contact with something unclean may, be not, may not be eaten. It must be burned in fire. Otherwise, any ritually clean person may eat the flesh. But if any person eats the flesh of a peace sacrifice to God, while still in a state of ritual and cleanliness, his soul will be cut off from his people. Any person who comes in contact with human uncleanliness, or with an unclean mammal or other unclean creature, and then eats the flesh of a peace offering to God, shall have his soul cut off from his people. God spoke to Moses, telling him to relate the following to the Israelites. Do not eat any of the hard fat in an ox, sheep, or goat. Even if an animal is improperly slaughtered or fatally wounded, you may use its hard, hard fat for any purpose you, des you desire, as long as you do not eat it. But anyone who eats the hard fat offered to God in any animal shall have his soul cut off from his people. Do not eat any blood, whether the whether from a mammal or a bird, no matter where you live. Any person who eats blood shall have his soul cut off from his people. God spoke to Moses, telling him to convey the following to the Israelites. When anyone brings a peace sacrifice to God, he must bring a special offering to God from it. With his own hands, he must bring the choice parts presented as a fire offering to God on top of the animal's chest. He shall wave the chest in the prescribed motions as a wave offering. The priest shall then burn the choice parts on the altar. The chest, on the other hand, shall belong to Aaron and his descendants. The right hind leg of your peace offering shall also be given as an elevated gift to the priest. Any descendant of Aaron fit to offer the blood and fat of the peace offerings shall have the right leg as a portion. This is because I have taken the chest as a wave offering and a hind leg as an elevated gift from the Israelites, from their peace sacrifices, and I have given these parts to Aaron the priest and his descendants. It is a law for all times that this be taken from the Israelites. This is the portion of God's fire offerings that was given when Aaron and his sons were anointed, on the day that he brought them forth to be priests to God. On the, on the day that he anointed them, God commanded that this be given to them by the Israelites. It is an eternal law for all generations. This then is the law of the burnt offering, the meal offering, and the sin offering, the inauguration offering, and the peace offering, which God gave to Moses on Mount Sinai. It was given on the day that he commanded, to it, that he commanded the Israelites to offer their sacrifices to God in the Sinai Desert. Mm -hmm. Any any comments on this section? I did want to say, um, can you hear me okay? Yes, we can hear you. 
Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. I apologize for not being on time. I was uh, still in the uh, last week. I apologize. No problem. Um, so what's interesting is uh, this particular uh, Eliot is uh, kind of referenced in that. I think one of the reasons why the uh, uh, synagogue system was was actually put into place was a very serious thing to come uh, before Hashem, you know, and we're removed from it, uh, you know, by several thousand years. Uh, you know, there, there's a famous song within uh, Christianity that's, uh, uh, um, come just as you are before the throne, you know, uh, before before coming to the Holy of Holies, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people need to read that. That we don't we don't get to make up the rules. Uh, the, <laughs> rules the rules are we need to be. Now this this doesn't this doesn't um, doesn't apply. Uh, you know we're we're not going to the temple today. So a lot of people will will say, well, you know I I'm unclean so I can't be in a fellowship. This is you know we're not we're not giving sacrifices. But I, I think it does bear in that that if we are going. To, you know, in, in the temple, uh, and the temple is kind of a, a shadow, is that we need to take it serious. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure of the context. I haven't looked into the context of what cutting off means here. If it means excitement from the community, or if it means, you know, a death sentence. But, but you know, hopefully it would be, you know, you move from the community. But we don't know how long this is for. But it's de I think it definitely puts out and this Aliot, uh, you know, constantly is saying cut off, you know, mm -hmm. so that when we, when we do go before the Most High, that we need to go, at least in a, in a corporate setting, that we need to uh, be careful that we don't take it um, lightly, you know, especially when we go, um, before, you know, it, it, it seems to be, it'd be better if we do it in a, um, in a non-official uh place you know like a personal prayer or something like that so it's just something to think about you know um we don't make the rules he does and uh if he's the lawgiver we have to uh, kneel to his law Rukashim. oh man yeah just because it's serious you know it's a serious thing uh we'll continue or does anybody else have anything one thing to share, which is that, um, you know, the word karet, to be cut off, it could mean um, that it's something that the community has to do, that the community has to cut someone off. But oftentimes it's, it's talking about a context where there's no way the community would really know or, you know, may, the community may not know. And Hashem is saying, basically, I know, I know, I can see what you're doing. And you will be cut off if you do this. And I, something interesting that um, I read, or I don't know if I read it or I watched it in a video, is that um, even even now I heard sometimes there there are things where the community is supposed to cut a person off, and so what they will do, because what because what the, the the leaders of the community or the rabbis will do is. They'll cut them off of that specific community. 
but they will allow them to go to a different community and not say anything so that they won't be cut off from all communities so that they can, you know, kind of have a chance to repent and have a fresh start and start life anew. So it's, it's a, it's a way of being merciful, um, even though they were quote unquote cut off. And I think that's a good lesson, even, you know, for us, sometimes, sometimes, um, you know, there's someone in a community and they do something that's very disturbing and, and, you know, the community feels like they have, that person has to leave, but that doesn't mean that all hope is lost and, and we don't have to necessarily um, cut off their hope from ever joining the community in the future, because what, what other hope would they have if they don't find another, you know, community? Also, maybe, maybe like you're saying, when Hashem sees, maybe he's struck. I mean, oftentimes people would get sort of ah, when some, when they were doing something wrong, right? Um, that way, you know, it's like you said, it's not something that we could observe or know, but Hashem knows. And so he would, that's how he would make it known, I guess. Yeah. All right. So let's continue. Uh, I think it's Tzafa. Ya'amod Tzafa ben Abraham lachumash. Shalom. Shalom. Uh, and Hashem spoke to Moshe, saying, Take Aaron and his sons with him, and the garments, and the anointing oil, and the sin offering, and the sin bull offering, and two rams, and the basket of unleavened bread, and assemble the entire community of the entrance of the tent meeting. And Moshe did as Hashem had commanded him, and, he, and the community assembled at the entrance of the tent meeting. And Moshe said to the community, this is the thing that Hashem has commanded us to do. And Moshe brought Aharon and his sons forward and bathed them in water. And he placed the tunic upon Aharon, girded him with the sash, clothed him with the robe, placed the ephod upon him, girded him with the band of the ephod and adorned him with it. And he placed the chosen, uh, he placed the Hoshen upon him and he inserted into the Hoshen the Urim and the Thummim, and he placed the cap on his head, and he placed on the cap towards his face the golden showplate, the holy crown, as the Shema commanded Moshe. And Moshe took the anointing oil and anointed the sanctuary and everything in it and sanctified them. And he sprinkled it from upon the altar seven times and anointed the altar as its vessels and, wa and the washstand at its base to sanctify them. And he poured some of the anointed oil upon Aharon's head, and he anointed him to sanctify him. And Moshe brought Aharon's sons forward and clothed them in tunics, girded them with sashes, and bound them up with high hats, as Hashem had commanded Moshe. If the talk too. Your brother Robin asked him, what happens when we get a minion in the middle of it? <laughs> 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 <clears throat> yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, any comments for this? For this fortune?
I mean, it's somewhat, it's like telling us what, it was like before it was, it was Hashem telling them, telling Moshe what he was going to do. And then it's actually like, they're actually doing it now. So it's kind of repetitive in a way, but you get to, you get to see, you know, the, the priests um, get inaugurated. Um, it's very interesting. Continue. Um, Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Can you hear me? Shabbat Shalom. Yes, Shay, thank you. Am I reading fourth or fifth? I should be reading fifth. Fifth, fifth, yeah. Okay. Bayagesh and par hachatat bayismoch aharon ubanav et yedehem al rosh par hachatat bayishchat bayikach Moshe et Adam bayiten al karnot hamizbeach. Saviv beets bao by ha te et hamisbea beet hadam yatsar et yisop hamisbea by yakadeshu le haper alab by ko et ko hachele asher. Hakerev beet yo teret hakavod beet shete hak layot beet ha chelbahen by ya by yeketer Moshe hamizbeach beet apart beet oro beet. Besaro beet pirshu pirsho saraf baesh mihuts lemachane kasher tzivar unai et moshe al rosh adonai et moshe. I'm going to read two in English. Okay. Um, then he took all the fat that is upon the innards in the diaphragm of the liver, yuck, and two kidneys with their fat, and Moshe caused him to go up and smoke on the altar, and the bull with its hide, uh, flesh, and uh, waste, he burned in the fire um, outside the camp. As Hashem commanded Moshe, he brought near the ram for the elevation offering. And Aharon and his sons leaned their hands upon the head of the ram. He slaughtered it, and Moshe threw the blood upon the altar all around. He cut the ram into parts. Moshe caused the head and the parts um, and the fats to go up in smoke. He washed the innards 
and feet with water, Moshe caused the entire ram to go up and smoke on the altar. And it was an elevation offering for, the, for a satisfying aroma. It was a fire offering to Hashem as Hashem commanded Moshe. Then he brought the second inauguration ram, and Aharon and his sons leaned their hands upon the ram. He slaughtered it, and Moshe took some of its blood and placed it upon the middle part of Aharon's right ear, upon the thumb of his right hand, and upon the big toe of his right foot. He brought the sons of Aharon forward, and Moshe put some of the blood upon the middle part of their right ear, upon the thumb of their right hand, and upon the big toe of their right foot. And Moshe threw the remaining blood upon the altar. All around, he took the fat in the tail and the fat that was upon the innards and the diaphragm of the liver and the two kidneys and their fat and the right thigh. And from the basket of, of matzot, he took, um, that was before Hashem, he took one matzah loaf and one oily bread loaf and one wafer and placed them on the fats and, and on the right thigh. He put all of Aharon's palms and on the palms of his sons, and he waved them as a wave service before Hashem. Then Moshe took them from um, on their palms and caused them to go up and smoke on the altar after the elevation offering. They were the inauguration offerings for a satisfying aroma. Moshe took the breast and waved it as a wave service um, before Hashem, the ram of the dedication, it was a portion for Moshe as Hashem commanded Moshe. Is that it or one more verse? That's good. Yeah, there. That's it. Okay. Shalom. Thank you. Any comments? So, uh, uh, Rashi um, um, translates verse 15. This is uh, chapter 8, verse 15. Mm -hmm. And he slaughtered it. And Moshe took the blood and placed on it horns of the altar around with the finger. And he purified the altar. And he poured the blood at its base on the altar and sanctified it to effect atonement upon it. And Rashi, Rashi uh, translated, translates it to, And he slaughtered it. And Moshe took the blood and placed on the horns of the altar around the, his finger and converted the altar. Interesting. But Rashi makes it a thing that um, uh, we all, uh, either as, as a Baal Teshuvah or, or a convert or a natural-born Jew, that we all have to go through a state of uh, conversion, even the altar and the utensils and everything like that. I found that interesting. Yeah, it's cool. Any other, anyone else have anything to share? Sometimes when I'm reading, when I'm reading these sacrifices, because I'm, I'm not big on, uh, like, I mean, I'll do some barbecue and stuff, but I'm not big on like, like actually slaughtering or, you know, cutting out the innards and all that kind of stuff. And I, I've done it from fish, you know, that's like, that, that's like the extent of my slaughtering. I have slaughtered fish, I cut off their head and cleaned them out and stuff. And even that, I'm just always like grossed out, like, it's gross, right? But I can't, I mean, I, I'm sure butchers, it's not a big deal. They're so used to it already, but 
like when I'm thinking about it, they're laying these things on the altar, and this is not just like a nice steak or something. This is like all the organs. It's probably it doesn't look. I'm, I'm in my mind, it doesn't look like nice, but it's just the way it is. You know the way it is, and it would kind of be interesting to see it. You know, to see it all. You know, the way it the way it was. You know, or the way it will be in the future. But it's just to me, it's like an interesting thought about it. You know. But, all right, so I'm going to call up. Uh, I don't know if we can handle it with the way people's sensitivities are today, if we can handle watching that. True, true. I mean, I know, like, yeah, medical professionals, it's not a big deal, probably. They're just like, eh. yeah, but that's different because it's not tearing them out and throwing them on a fire. True. <laughs> it's true. It's not ripping out all the organs, it's, you know, doing something surgical. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, You can do what you want to do. <laughs> so for for those that don't know me, the melody I use in the pronunciation is the Yemenite, which is the southern tip of Saudi Arabia, and they're from the first diaspora, the first days of the first temple. Yeah. Oh, the print is so tiny. <laughs> I can't see it. Can I do it from the screen? Does that have the trouble on the screen, Maya? I can turn the light on. Yeah. Yeah. It's so tiny. Still, it's too small. Even with glasses on, I can't see it. <laughs> Let me put it up. Pull it up on my. Okay. Yeah. It's like going to the bank. The person right takes twenty minutes, right? We will. We will. <laughs> we will all be like you, Hannah. Don't be like me. With their eyesight, yes. No. If the font is not so clear either. Sure. Do I have a trouble with it? Yeah, scroll all crazy. Oh, good. Is that good? Um, and it says when the end is? Or Just go, yeah. That's the end? Okay. Vayaz alaharun al bakhodob wal bonob na al bigdei bonob ni bonob My kadesh taharun al bakhodob we bonob we bigdei bonob itum. My omar al bonob. 
Fashelu et Moshe took some of the anointing oil together with some of the blood from the altar, and he sprinkled it on Aharon and his vestments, as well as on Aharon's sons and their vestments. He thus sanctified Aharon and his vestments, as well as Aharon's sons and their vestments. Moshe said to Aharon and his sons, Cook the flesh at the communion tent's entrance. There you shall eat it, along with the bread in the installation basket. Do it because I have given instructions that Aaron and his sons eat these things. Whatever is left over of the flesh and bread, you must burn in fire. Do not leave the entrance of the communion tent for seven days until your period of inauguration is complete. This is because your installation ceremony shall last for seven days. God has commanded that whatever was done on this day must be done all seven days to atone for you. Remain at the communion tent's entrance day and night for seven days. You will thus keep God's charge and not die, since this is what was commanded. Aaron and his sons did all these things just as God had commanded through Moshe. All right. Any comments? That sprinkling of the blood. You have a ceremony, a sacrifice. And then um, it's uh, when you leave the place, 
the legacy of it stays with you. So sprinkling the blood is uh, the effects of the Qurban sacrifice. It's it's a it's a holy contamination, shall I say? Mm -hmm. There's this satanic ca contamination of the the COVID going around and man-made bio-warfares and all of that. But anyway, Hashem has given us a holy contamination. Hashem is contagious. The spirit of Hashem is contagious. And we take it with us, and then we spread it out to, to everyone else. We inspire each other. So. Oh, man, I like that. Call Andy to do this? Oh, okay. Um. Um, um, Yamud Arye bin Arun, La Humash, and Haftara. You want him to do the Mahatir or just the Haftara? Have you done the blessing before? No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe you can just read it. Just do the blessing and then. Okay, I'll put it I'll all the people of the land shall give this offering to the prince in Israel, and it shall be the prince's duty to give burnt offerings, meal offerings, and drink offerings. Wait, 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 sorry. Yeah, it's wrong. Like, <laughs> then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasant to God, as in the days of old and in former years. Then I will draw near to you in judgment. I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, the adulterers, the false swearers, and those who oppress the worker in his wages, the widow, the orphan, and those who defraud the stranger. And do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts, for I, God, do not change. Therefore you, sons of Jacob, are not destroyed. From the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, How shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, How have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. This whole nation has robbed me. 
bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. With this, put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, to see if I open for you windows of heaven and pour out for you an overflowing blessing. I will rebuke the devouring locust for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your ground, nor will the vine in the field fail to ripen, says the Lord of hosts. And all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Your words have been strong against me, says God. Yet you say, how have we spoken against you? You have said, it is vain to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinances and walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts? And how have we, and now that we call the arrogant happy for those who do evil, prosper, and those who put God to test, escape. Then those who feared God spoke one to another, and God listened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for those who feared God and who took heed of his name. On that day which I prepare, it will be mine, says the Lord of hosts, my peculiar treasure. And I will spare them, as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you will once again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. For behold, the day comes which will burn like a furnace, and all the arrogant and all the evildoers will be stubble. And the day is coming, and the day that is coming will burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, so that I will leave them neither root nor branch. For you who fear my name, son of righteousness, will arrive with healing in its wings. You will go out leaping as calves of the stall. You will thread, you will tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I prepare, says the Lord of hosts. Remember the laws of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel, both statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of God. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Lest I come and smite the earth with a curse, behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of God. Mm -hmm. Ruhatanan, <laughs> Melek Neman, Verahaman Atta, Barukata, Elaneman, Have compassion upon Zion, for it is the source of our lives, and deliver the dreary hearted speedily in our days. Bless are you, Shem, who builds Jerusalem. Cause a shoot of the bead to sprout forth. And lift up his horn with your salvation. 
Blessed are you, Shem, shield of David. Grant us rest, for you are our Father, and rule over us speedily, for you are our King. Blessed are you, Shem, sanctified. So today is called Shabbat Hagadol, the great Shabbat. And um, it it always occurs, Shabbat Hagadol always happens um, the the Shabbat right before Pesach, the, the, the Shabbat that immediately precedes Pesach. And a lot of um, like Jews, they they will say they'll give different reasons for why it's called Shabbat Hagadol. There's um, custom that um, shuls will have long droshes on this day because it's right before Passover. So you know, it's meaning oh Hagadol because you're gonna get a great big long drosh on that day. But um, usually, the the names of the special Shabbats like Shabbat Zachor, Shabbat um, Para, Shabbat Hagadol. They're tied to the Hafra portion. There's something that happens that's special in the Hafra portion when it's a special Shabbat. And in this Hafra portion, um, we're talking about the, the future redemption, right? We're talking about Malachi and when Hashem will turn um, the hearts of his people to him and stuff like that. And in the last verse, or the second to last verse, it says, Behold, I will send you Eliyahu the prophet, Eliyahu Hanavi, before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. And Hagadol is great right there. Okay, the, the great day of the Lord, Shabbat Hagadol. And also in, in Jewish in Jewish legend, this day commemorates the day that that Moshe approached the Pharaoh, that Moshe approached Paro and warned him about the last plague that was to come about um about the death of the firstborn and remember pharaoh said um just sacrifice here just just do your sacrifice here and he said no what we're what we're about to do is an abomination to the egyptians and the sages explained that the reason why what the final act was was an abomination to the egyptians because was because that the that the that the lamb was an egyptian god and so if if they had sacrificed um, the lambs um, within, you know, within Egypt, amongst their neighbors, they would be doing something that was detestable to them because that was one of their deities. And so it was great in a way, it was gadol in a way, because it was their last daring act that they did. It, it could have very potentially been um, a, an act that uh, could have put a lot of Israelites to death had Hashem not been in control. And we also know that many Egyptians joined with Yisrael in this final act. And that's why some of the Egyptians were also saved from the death of the firstborn is because they also put faith in Hashem in, in, um, in killing a lamb and applying, uh, applying it to the doorpost. And when they did that, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, it was more than, it was a very great act because for them, what they were saying is they were now following the God of Israel. They were saying, I, 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 I'm going to forfeit the God of the Egypt, the lamb God, and I'm going to do as, as, as the God of Israel 
and they were, um, as the God of Israel said, and so they were swearing allegiance to the same God of the Israelites. And that's why there was a mixed multitude, the Bible says. Um, so, um, so anyways, this is also, um, you know, near the time. And so Passover is very much about our future redemption. And um, shortly after, uh, you know, Moshe appeared to Pharaoh, they killed the Passover lamb. And Yeshua, if you remember, he kept the last Passover right before he um, he was he died. And it says in Luke 22, it says, and when it was time, Yeshua came and reclined and the 12 apostles with him. And he said to them, I have greatly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you from now on, I shall not eat it until it shall be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. So he's saying here that he was he wanted to eat the Passover with them because he's not going to eat the Passover again until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. So, and this is a very Jewish belief that the, that the Passover is, you know, is is prophetic of the final redemption. We had we had a small redemption in in, in the actual Passover of the Torah, and we have, we will have a greater redemption in the future. And remember, um, a few Shabbats back, we talked about how it's prophesied, was it in Ezekiel, that in the future Passovers to come, that we're no longer going to be saying, um, you know, God who brought us out of Egypt, but instead we're going to be saying God who brought us back from the four corners of the earth back to Israel. And that was, that's what the prophet prophesied um, about the future Passover and our future redemption. Okay, let's um, continue. Yes, we're on page um, the closing prayers. Uh, page one on page seventy-seven. Um, Ashe. So, le David. Eromim ka elahai hamelech, Baravra ka shim ka lelamba ed, Bakoyom avra keka, Baahala shim ka lelamba ed, Gadol adonai umulome od, Vilig du la to Dole do ya sabak ma secha, Uguratecha ya gidu, Edarke vodhodecha, Iva elipotecha asika, Vezus noretecha yo meru, Ugdulatecha asaprena, Secherav tochicha ya biu, Vesicha checha yerenenu, Chanun verachuma. Adonai, 
uproot from their hearts all hate, animosity, jealousy, and strife in order to fulfill the longings of its people who aspire for its dignity and desire to see it as a light for all nations. And so may it be God's will that our, that our land be a blessing for all who live on earth and that fellowship and liberty will dwell between them. Established in the vision of your prophet, nation will not raise sword against nation and they will no longer learn war. And as it is said, for all of them will know me from the smallest to the greatest. All right, now um, let us let us go back to um, page thirty six, and we'll do the we'll do the Amida together, the Musaf Amida. So let us um, let us take three steps back and three steps forward. Adonai sefatai pifta. Ufiya gita hilatecha, Baruchata Adonai, Eloheinu, Velohe Avoteinu, Elohe Avraham, Elohe Yitzak, Velohe Yaakov, Ha'el Hagado Hagibor Bahanara, Ha'el Yon Gomer Chasadim Tovim, Mechone Hako, Mezoche Chaste Avot, Mabigo El Ivne Venehem, Leman Shemo Beahava. Melako Zera Moshia Umagain, Barukata Adonai, Magain Abraham, Atagi Bolel Amadanai, Mahemetimata Rabla Hoshia, Mashiva Ruakumurid Hageshem, Behechaim Behesed, Mahemetim Berakamim Rabbi, Somekofim Vocheholim, Umati Asurim, Umakayem Emunatoli Shaneafa. Mi kamoka ba givarod, umido mela, melek memit, umachaye, umatsmiya keshiva, veneman atalakayo meeting, barukata adonai, mechaye ha meeting. Page thirty nine, Nakhishak, Amar. Kadosh, 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 Adonai Tzavaot, Melo Kol Haaretz Kevodo. Numatam Mitzvachim Bo'omarim, Baruch Kevod Adonai Mimekomo. Vishrei Kadashak Katub Lemor, Vimlok Adonai Le'alam, Ela Haik Zion, Le'dor Vador, Hallelujah. Atakadosh Bishim Kakadosh Ukdashem Bekoyum Halachasala Barukatadanai Ha'el Hakadosh. Let's turn to page 52. On Mount Sinai, you commanded the Shabbat to Moshe, remember and keep, and regarding it, you commanded us, Hashem our God, to properly do the additional Musaf sacrifice. May it be favorable before you, Hashem our God, that you bring us up to our land and plant us in our borders. We shall make our obligation obligatory sacrifice before you as you wrote for us in your Torah by the hand of Moshe, your servant. Our God, God of our forefathers, find favor in our rest. Sanctify us by your commandments. Give us our portion in your Torah. Rejoice our souls in your deliverance. Purify our hearts to serve you in truth and bestow to us your holy Shabbatot with love and favor. Blessed are Yashem who sanctifies the Shabbat. And um, and on page 54, the final blessings. Page 56. 
תחזני עינינו בתפלת ציון ברחמים, ברוך אתה לנאי, מקציר שכנתו לציון. מודים אנחנו לך שתחו, אדוני להינו לעולם ועד, אחינו המסים בידך, נשמתנו הפקדות לך, עד נסיכה ורחמך שבח ערב ובוקר. ואל כלם תתרח, תתרומם, כי הידתה ואין זה לתך, ברוך אתה לנאי, הטוב שמך אחר נאה להודות. ברכת כהנים, פייג' 60, אלוהינו ואבותינו, ברכינו בברכה משלשת בתורה האמרה לאורון ובניו כהנים העם כתשכח כאמור. יברכך אדוני וישמרך. יאה אדוני פניו אליך ויחונך. פניו אליך וישם לך שלום. ושמו את שמי אבני שער ואני אברכם. שים 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 שלום, שים שלום טובה וברכה, שים 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 שלום, שים שלום טובה וברכה, עלינו חן וחסד ורחמים, וברכנו כולנו באור פניך. שים 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 שלום שים שלום טובה וברכה, שים שים שלום, שים שלום טובה וברכה. כי מרפניך נתת לנו, אדוני אלוהינו. תורה וחיים, אחווה וחסד, צדקה ושלום. שים 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 שלום. שים שלום טובה וברכה, שים 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 שלום, שים שלום טובה וברכה. וטוב בעיניך לברך את עמך, איצעיה בחולת בשלום. ברוך אתה אדוני המברך את עמו ישראל. בשלום, אמן. We will do the mourners Kaddish. Um, we lost one of our um, our members, our online members that would come pretty often. Her name was um, was Terry. Terry, uh, what was her last name, Mama? Burgess, Terry Burgess. She would listen to us online. So we will pray for their family and uh, for comfort, and we'll do the mourners Kaddish. Um, I'll say it in English. May his great name grow exalted and sanctified in the world that he created according created as he willed. May he give reign to his kingship in your lifetimes and in your days and in the lifetimes of the entire family of Israel, swiftly and soon. And now let us respond. Amen.
May his great name be blessed forever and ever. Blessed, praised, glorified, exalted, extolled, mighty, upraised, and lauded be the name of the Holy One. Blessed is he. Beyond any blessing and song, praise and consolation shall uttered in the world. And now let us say, Amen. May there be abundant peace from heaven and life upon us and upon all Israel. And now let us respond. Amen. Awesome. He who makes peace in the heights may be peace upon us and upon all Israel. And now let us respond. Amen. All right. And now let us turn to um, the last part of our service. Um, Page 88 for the Enkelechenu. Um, you are our God. You are our Lord. You are our King. You are our Deliverer. You are He to whom our fathers offered before you the fragrant incense. Enkelechenu, Enkadonenu, Enkemachenu, Enkemoshi, Enu, Michelochenu, Sorry, the Alenu on 89 and 90, the Alenu. Um, and it said, Hashem shall be king over all the world, and on that day Hashem will be one, and his name one. <speaking in Hebrew> Bayom ha hu, bayom ha hu, 
Alex. He's in his room. Sometimes we join separate. 